Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I'm the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake, BJ Shea. He's right there. Whoa, is it time? It is time. And running the boards is Joey Dees. Hey. Hey. On today's show, we will be talking with Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach about new Star Wars games. We'll be trekking to the other stars while BJ talks about Prodigy and Discovery. Oh, I see what you did, Mr. Clever. Another, uh, well, a Earthbound alien returns. Very excited for this one. And of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, BJKignation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. More? Or just search <laughs> BJK's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. Yeah. Follow all of our socials because we post stuff uh, on, especially on the Facebook, about things that we can't quite get to, or maybe we don't have enough time to get to everything on it, and uh, some very interesting things. And if uh, you want to uh, send us a message about all those things, you can do so as well. Plenty of ways to do all of that. Now, let's get right in with Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. You can find him at SKNR.net. we got some big news, not only involving uh, Star Wars, but also a little bit more information about what's going on with Microsoft and Activision. Von Kallenbach! Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. And Gareth, we need to talk about some big news because it looks like Respawn's getting into the Star Wars game in a big way. Yeah, Respawn's jumping back in with both feet. And this is really interesting because while saying that coming to Jedi Fallen Order wouldn't necessarily be news, it had been widely speculated for a while that it was coming. Even as recently as last week, we were to announcement could be imminent. What really got people interested was the second part of that. And if you remember, we've already heard about um, Star Wars games that are in the works. We've been told about the one coming from Ubisoft. We've seen some other ones. And people were starting to question, well, how does this all work with Electronic Arts and the exclusive deal they're under? Is this now being opened up to other studios? Are they losing the exclusive rights to it? How is this all going to play? And while that still hasn't been answered, because obviously, well, do all these come out after that? Respawn has really jumped into the picture, not only by saying there's a Jedi Fallen Order sequel coming, but there are two more Star Wars games that they're currently working on. We know one of them is a first-person shooter, but we don't know about the other. And, you know, speculation is running crazy because they, you know, the belief look at different genres, and some people will say, Jedi Fallen Order, a first-person shooter. No, it's not. Oh, yeah. you know, he's using his lightsaber, and when that goes to lightsaber combat, you often, while aspects of the game could be done from a first-person perspective, it's not a run-and-gun shooter. And what, as you pointed out, uh, we talked about this off-air, what really makes this interesting is if you deep into Respawn, people forget that Respawn was founded by the people at who created Call of Duty. Oh, and That's we fine. also know that they didn't fall, and obviously mm-hmm. Apex Legends. So, as I joked with people, we kind of have an idea what we're going to get with Jedi Fallen Order 2 in terms of what kind of gameplay and so on. It'll be the continuing adventures, blah, 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 blah. And I said, they're saying first-person shooter for one of the games. And I joked and I said, 
Star Wars of Duty. Think of it that way, or Call of Star Wars, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Star Wars of Duty. But, <laughs> but if you look at it, Battlefront had one type of game. But if you think about how Call of Duty, at the time it came out, was at a time when everybody was called Doom and Quake clones, they took it in a different direction by saying, yes, it's a first-person shooter, but there is a deeper storyline to it that's character-driven in parts. Part of it was based in, at the time when they were in World War II, historical events. There were things like vehicles to interact with, mm-hmm. uh, gun emplacements, things that you didn't necessarily have. And it had a very good and engaging multiplayer, which really helped sell the franchise. And so you think about them taking this to Battlefront, where, you know, some people have said the, the, the campaign and the storyline wasn't necessarily there. It was, you know, the Jedi Fallen Order games that had campaign and story and the, the, you know, those kind of things, Kyle Katarn. So would we be getting something that is more than just a big Star Wars battlefield experience and perhaps a more character and story Wars game? That's a first person shooter. So it's the possibilities there. And then who knows what the other one's going to be? Is it going to be a flight sim? Would it be an RPG? Could it be an open world adventure? You know, yeah, there's a lot with that. And I mean, even at the aspect, I mean, you did mention Apex Legends, which uh, I mean, with Titanfall, like Titanfall has its own crew of people who just love it. I personally really like Apex and it ties in because it's part of the Titanfall universe. And the lore behind that one is really good. They do stuff like comics and uh, just a lot of bonus content outside of the game. So you don't need to know about it. But I feel like that's a space that they can do stuff with Star Wars lore that would get people super sucked into. And it's just basically just a very simple uh, asymmetrical battle, you know, battleground game, you know, just the same sort of battle royale type game. I would love to see a version of a, a battle royale game, you know. Oh, no kidding. And just imagine, take Titan, take the first Titanfall. Can you imagine being like an Imperial Trooper and instead of a Titan that you get to call in a walker or a scout yeah. walker to drop in and start, you know, subjugating a local population? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when you put it like that. <laughs> now, also or defending, depending on which side you're on. Fair enough, fair enough. Now, also speaking of first-person shooters, due to like the entirety of uh, the fact that bought or is going to be buying Activision slash Blizzard slash whatever the hell else they are. Um, Call of Duty was kind of uh, put into that question because that's a bread and butter for the PlayStation. And so uh, how 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 is uh, Microsoft and, you know, PlayStation and Activision and all of them, how are they approaching Call of Duty uh, for the future? Well, there's a lot of concern and speculation and what Activision has done um by that, I mean Microsoft slash Activision, is they've spent a good part of the last week since the announcement trying to uh, pacify the people that have these crazy conspiracy theories. And yes, they've said they'd like to look at some of the older franchises that haven't had releases in a while and see where, what's there, like Guitar Hero, that sort of thing. But specifically to Call of Duty, they've come out and said, look, at least the next three releases are going to be fine. Now, some people have said, and they've also gone further, said that, you know, they don't have any plans to remove them from that platform. And it's an interesting twist because Call of Duty traditionally had a two-year development cycle each game. And um, with the addition of extra studios coming on board to help out, we've been told it's around a three-year cycle. So one can play devil's advocate. We already know the game that's coming out this year is well into the works. 
it stands to reason that the one that would be scheduled to go out next year, assuming they stay on the every year release pattern, is already well in the works. And it also stands to reason that the one that's coming out a year after that, probably at least in the stage right now where they're doing story outlines and features in the planning stages before they really get into the crunch of coding it up, depending on, you know, I, I assume that they would start with a storyline and stuff like that before they start going into the artwork and the programming, but at least you could say it is in the works. So that just makes sense. But the question would be, okay, what do you do about the one that's four years from now? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the rough part of with that because, I mean, sure, a couple years were good to go, but everyone wants to speculate what's going to happen in the far, far future. And to be perfectly honest, we just don't know. I mean, like nobody knows. I don't even think anybody knows at this point. Right. And then really to get crazy about it, what's the usual lifespan of a console? About seven years before we start to hear about the other one. Well, we're a year into these right now. Let's go three years in the future. All of a sudden, we're pushing four to five years. And then it's already about the time people will start saying, well, what's coming next? What's two years down the road? What's three years down the road? And that's where I think the big push will be is, okay, you know, the next Xbox, the next PlayStation, if they go that route, uh, how do we handle it? And the other problem is, as I tell people, you have to look at it from a certain standpoint in that, A, it's in their best interest to have as many people playing these games as possible mm -hmm. to put revenue into the coffers. What is a big part of Call of Duty in addition to the massive sales? People who buy the custom skins, people who buy the custom weapons. Do you really want to put tens of millions of people who are fiercely loyal to the PlayStation brand out of that revenue stream? Because... Yeah. It can be dangerous to say, oh, they'll come on over. Well, you know, that's not necessarily the case, especially if Sony says we're going to find something to that potentially challenge Xbox. I mean, let's be honest. We've talked about that there is kind of a there's kind of a love hate relationships in the community. If somebody does come up with a solid rival, that could certainly mix things up so it's in their best interest to make it as inclusive as they can for now absolutely and it'll be interesting to see where that goes but i mean speaking of all of this how is microsoft and playstation doing uh after they've announced all this news i have to imagine that uh everyone's out there buying xboxes because well you're gonna have to right right well that's what you would think but the industry analysts are saying quite the opposite yeah. what is funny is that while the uh, Sony stock reportedly after the announcement, I have seen several analysts come out and say the PlayStation 5 is still expected to outsell the Xbox consoles on a two-to-one basis. And this is, of course, assuming once supply catches up, but they're saying over the lifespan of the console, which again comes back to the issue that we had just discussed. That is a huge market that you do not want to exclude from your revenue stream. And then the big question is, what's Sony going to do? Well, we already know one thing. They've got a new generation of VR in the works that many people think is going to be out by the end of this year. Microsoft, as we know, currently does not have a VR platform for their system. Mm -hmm. Sony has already said Horizon Zero Dawn has got a VR um, game in the universe coming for this new system. What else is out there? Well... We know they've got God of War. We know they have the things like The Last of Us and Uncharted. And while those have kindly 
zipped away to remastered versions. We also know that there is an Uncharted um, film coming, and there is a Last of Us TV series coming. Will this generate interest in the franchise and generate new sequels that are going to be exclusive to the Sony platform? Will Sony say, oh, you know what, we're going to keep uh, the trend of putting things out on PC going forward? You know, this could give them a hammer. They could go, literally, they could go to Microsoft and say, okay, if you want this, this, and this to appear on PC someday, we have to make sure this, this, and this uh, appear on the PlayStation down the line. So it will be very interesting, and it all comes down to, if you have the market share, you've got the power, and if you have exclusives that people want to play to go with it, then you have a hammer. And it's a good point with all of that, just to show, uh, you know, showcase to all the doom and gloomers out there that, you know what, the, both consoles aren't going away, and uh, it'll be interesting to see where everything goes, but I mean, I feel, to be perfectly honest, like, it's not the, the, the end of the world, so to speak, in console gaming, so, I mean, everyone's got to take it with a grain of salt at this point in time. Exactly, I mean, look, Titanfall, plain and simple. First one was an Xbox PC exclusive. They learned that second time around, we made a big mistake excluding it from the PC, from the PS platform. We're not doing that again. Open to everybody, and look what we got from it. Apex Legend, which expanded the platforms even more. Yep, yep, exactly. So, yeah, everyone out there, just uh, don't feel your old chicken little. The sky isn't falling yet. Have fun playing your games while you still got them out there, and keep track of what's going on by going to Skewed and Reviewed. You can find that at SKNR.net. Thank you so much, Gareth. Again, like we always say, Gareth Von Kallenbach can be found at Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. Now, going away from Star Wars and into Star Trek. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's two shows that you've been watching, which is Discovery and Prodigy. And uh, how are those going for you, Beej? <laughs> well, this is going to be this is going to be the land of Star Trek forever. Uh, we just they released a whole bunch of stuff telling you like, okay, here's when all the series are coming out, and it's gonna be it's gonna be back to back to back to back to back Star Trek. It looks like for a very long time. Whoa, really? Uh, because uh, Discovery is currently on a break, coming back on February 10th. Had a great mid-season ah, okay. finale. Uh, which uh, really looks like there's a you know there's this there's this you know, basically there's this anomaly a dark matter anomaly that's just intentionally destroying planets. It seems like it's being manipulated by somebody. It's not a random occurrence thing. So this has been really the big baddie of the season, and they know that it's coming from some sort of force, and the force is outside of the galaxy. So they're like, we don't know who the hell's doing this. We may never met these people before. Oh and, wow. Uh, yeah, so there's a there's a little bit of a challenge like okay, should we be peaceful and try to approach these people or should we be malevolent and try to approach these people since they've already sent this horrible weapon? Uh but so that that's where they are and they're trying to figure that out and we'll find out on February 10th when they come back. Uh and Prodigy also came on for a little bit and had a couple of episodes and so like a lot of shows it seems like they're going to give you a couple here, a couple there. Uh, but you you know there's always something on that's new Star Trek it seems on Paramount Picard starting right pretty much right after Discovery ends this year oh yeah Picard's still coming back and the the big one with that is Guinan's coming back right yeah that was the big news uh, we also heard that this is uh, going to be the second of the three only seasons of Picard uh, Patrick Stewart said yep uh, third season is going to be the last one so well I mean he's getting up there in age I can understand why you know maybe not filming a series which can be really taxing on people why he would want to maybe not do that so much well he claims we always were going to do a three season thing that was the whole thing we never that was our plan the entire Make time show 
Then Strange New Worlds with Captain Pike supposedly is going to be coming on right after the end of Picard. So that is around May time. So it is just, uh, and then Lower Decks is coming back. And then before you know it, it'll be like, hey, it's a new season of Star Trek Discovery, which got renewed for season five. Wow. So it is going to be all Trek all the time. It's pretty exciting. That is, that. I mean, just the simple fact that they've been putting out so many of those, you'd think that it would be a, a Star Wars Disney Plus thing. But you can find this on uh, on, the, on the Paramount app, right? Paramount Plus, yes. Yeah, Paramount Plus, that's yeah. right. And Star Trek Prodigy, if you haven't checked it out, it's a kid's show. It's a Nickelodeon-based show. And I don't know if the, if it airs on Nickelodeon, because I only watch it on Paramount+, Plus. but it, but they have that little orange you know, Zeppelin flyby, and they, it says <laughs> Nickelodeon. This is, I mean, even though it's a kid's show, the if you're a Trek fan, why you're going to love this, number one, uh, Kate Mulgrew does a fantastic job as a hologram version of Janeway. That's worth it. And number two, the artwork is br- it is beautiful animation. It is some of the most beautiful animation I have ever seen to the point where it's like, wow, I feel like I'm watching a live action show when it comes to like just some of the visuals that you see. It's just just gorgeous. Um, the characters are kid, you know, they're very kid like, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of Trek that's injected into this show, which is really cool. But it's also for a person that's never, ever heard of Star Trek. So oh, you can start great. fresh. Um, so I, 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 boy, they've done a great job with this. Um, and there's an episode, uh, called Kobayashi, which is, uh, if anybody's oh, a Star yeah. Trek fan, it's so funny because there've been two episodes with Kobayashi in the title, uh, this year, one with uh, discovery and now with prodigy, but this is a really sweet, nostalgic episode. It's all I'm going to say. Let's just say some old favorites come back. And uh, that's all I'm going to say. Nice. Uh, and it, it is uh, very, very well done. So uh, Paramount Plus, Star Trek Prodigy, check it out, man. And it's also on Nickelodeon as well. I did uh, check that and make sure. So if you uh, don't want to get the uh, Paramount Plus, you can still watch it on the old cable channels right there if you got that. And if you're a Trek fan and you got kids, good way to start them, especially if they know nothing about the universe. And you will love it, too. Just a couple of days ago, this was a big one. I didn't even realize it, but sci-fi, I didn't even re- I think maybe uh, I had just forgotten about that they were coming back for a season two, but Resident Alien returned this week on the 26th of January to sci-fi, and this is a great show. Steve, uh, BJ, you uh, actually hit me to this show, and yeah. it's because it's got Alan Tudyk as an alien who uh, um, wants to destroy humanity. Yeah, uh, he's been assigned to destroy humanity, and unfortunately, his ship has crashed. So he's had to infiltrate to kind of figure out how to do all of this. And uh, I don't necessarily want to say hilarity ensues, but I mean, it has some really funny, some sweet moments. And uh, I'm glad that it is back for season two. Yeah, I am too because Alan Tudyk is just for he's he's fantastic. I mean, playing the fish out of water, he does so well. Yeah, and it is so hard to you know it, it, you really root for him, even though he's such an a hole, even though he wants <laughs> to destroy every human being. Uh, he ends up really getting involved with the people of this town, and all of a sudden, the the, the longer he stays in human form, because his his species is able to mimic what uh, the, whatever they want to, but they also take on all the characteristics of what they're mimicking. So he's becoming human and realizing his race of beings just didn't understand what this cre- the, the, these people were like. He's and, learning emotions, and yeah. that's really bothering oh. him. <laughs> so I, so if you if you wonder what's happening, I'll just tell you what they're saying. Season 2, Episode 1 is Harry the Alien is back on Earth, but doesn't remember who he is, 
and that's now oh, he's gonna. Oh no! Now he's gonna because he left with the little kid, which that's was the, right. I forgot about that. The little kid oh. decided that he wanted to uh, uh, go along for the ride there, and the and the little kid, and I forget who who the kid's name is, but he's fantastic. Is he he and also his friend and the two little kids? Oh, they're, they're both. Great. They are so good at outwitting Harry the Alien that it is just, I mean, it is so fun to watch. I like the show a lot. Some people, you know, I don't know. They, 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 I don't know if they're what they're looking for, what they expected, but I just think Alan Tudyk is at his best, and I'll watch anything that has Alan Tudyk at his best. And it, so, yeah, and it's Judah Prent as Max Hawthorne. And, he's uh, so good. Yeah, he's really good at that. Like, and uh, really, I, I really enjoyed the show. I wasn't too sure if I really wanted to get into it, but I really did like it. And another bonus for all of you old Trek fans, uh, especially Star Trek Voyager, uh, old buddy Tom Paris, Robert Duncan McNeil, is the producing director of this show. So uh, that's another cool thing, because, I mean, who doesn't like to see Tom Paris do good? <laughs> exactly. I love it all. Let us know how you feel all about all of that. Side note, if you want to see Alan Tudyk at his best, you need to see Encanto. Oh, really? He plays another freaking bird. Oh, okay. Well, it's like, didn't he? Didn't he play the chicken in Moana? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like he just, he, it's not like a talking bird either. It's just no. another freaking bird. It's on my list, Vicky. Yeah. My wife. I've heard so many people. Vicky's been giving me such a hard time. Uh, my wife and I will be watching it very maybe tomorrow night. We'll be watching Encanto. Well, so many people said, "What are you be, doing? Watch this movie." It's gonna be one of those where he cries or oh, BJ yeah. cries for this one. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a lot about- I already know. I've heard people say they've. Cr- I mean, like, all right, I'll have to watch it, even though I'm going to need the Kleenex. So I need to rewatch it because I watched it with my mom. So we put it in Spanish. Oh, so I feel like I I miss a lot of what one because I I know English more than Spanish. So there's probably little things that I didn't grasp as well. So I'm going to rewatch it to see if anything's different for me. Uh, but. You are going to be singing the songs whether you want to or not because they're going to get stuck in your head. <laughs> yeah, I heard one of the songs from that has uh, surpassed Let It Go as yeah. like the most popular we, Disney song. We so. don't talk about Bruno. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, but it is about like kind of getting over generational trauma, like getting it to stop at your generation, like not continuing on with that cycle. Oh, in, oh dear. But in a really well done way for children to understand, it, for great for adults to see. My mom really liked it, so I can't wait to hear what you and your wife have to say. Excellent. Well, uh, since we were talking about movies right now, I guess it's time for... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got? What month is it still? Oh, no. It's still January. I mean, until Monday. So I guess we're getting uh, the movies that you might not know about. Uh, in the words of my three-year-old brother... Oh, no. (laughs) Here we go. I should say, there is one movie that looks interesting, because it's a documentary. Okay. But that wasn't the first one on the list. The first one is one I know only because I follow Alicia Silverstone on TikTok. (laughs) Oh, oh, really? (laughs) I do. Okay. Uh, It's called The Requin, and it's basically a sharky movie. It's a sharky movie. Like a Jaws type of thing. Oh, oh, okay. It's like there's terror in paradise when Jay Lynn, played by Alicia Silverstone, and Kyle, played by James Tupper, arrive at a remote seaside villa in Vietnam for a romantic getaway. Is it called Requiem? Or re- is it's that what you Requiem. It's R E Q U I N. Oh, I've never heard of that word. Okay, never mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, I don't know what a Requiem. Re- that word. Requin. Re- Requin. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's a fancy word for shark. Yeah, it's not Requiem, that's for sure. Requin. Uh, but yeah, it's one of those sharky, like, oh my god. Oh, it's French for shark. Oh, that's clever. Well, that Requin. makes sense. Yeah, okay, that makes a lot more sense. I had to Google it because I'm like, I don't know what that is. No, it's yeah. like, is that what they name sharks nowadays? And apparently in French, yes. And so right. this is Alicia? Alicia's doing this? Yeah, she's uh, oh, getting in the her. movies. 
Honestly, though, if you're going to watch an Alicia Silverstone movie that's a little bit more recent, I recommend the movie Butter. Butter? Butter? Yeah, it's about uh, the... <laughs> oh, no. Uh, it's about butter carving competitions. Oh, are you serious? Oh, it is a great movie. I'm not kidding you. I know it's not nerdy, but it has like a fantastic cast. It has Ty Burnell from Modern Family. He's good. Uh, uh, what was the other one? What's her name? She's oh, that gorgeous. gal. She's oh, yeah. She's house. Olivia Wilde. Oh, Olivia Wilde. Wow. Even Jennifer Garner's in this. Oh, yeah. She's I... married to Ty Burnell. Olivia, uh, what's wow. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Ty Burnell I mean, is apparently like a famed butter carver in his like town. And Rob Corddry's in this. I mean, the movie's like Hugh Jackman's oh, in it for a minute. It's like eleven years old, but yes. I mean, out of the recent yeah. movies for Alicia Silverstone, I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> Olivia Wilde plays a stripper. Okay, yeah. And I, she hooks up with uh, Ty Burrell at one point, and it just it gets ridiculous. So she tries to just give Jennifer Gardner's character like one up in so she enters the contest and when she realizes she's not going to win because Jennifer Gardner decides to enter instead of her husband. Oh, Hey, don't ruin it yeah. for me. I mean, you tell me to watch it. You tell me the yes. whole movie. I love that we're talking about an 11-year-old movie yeah. instead of the movie that's coming out because or a Quinn. No. Well, hey, if we want to talk about Ty Burrell, I, I totally forgot he was in The Incredible Hulk. And oh, yeah, old school. To- totally forgot about mm-hmm. that. Really? So I was surprised. Is- he was the therapist's boyfriend. Uh, wow. Yeah, and that's the Edward Norton movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was like, whoa, Damn. hey. At least yeah. we tied it into something geeky there. Well, yeah, like so last, yeah, I, I had last, to. Actually, it's interesting. I wanted to ask PJ this since we talked about it last week. The answer was no. Well, I actually agree. <laughs> oh. <laughs> At the end, See, no, no. I, I have psychic power. No, so the thing we were talking about was this list, I think, from Cinema Blend, where they were talking about movies that are never going to get a sequel that we deserve as fans. Oh, okay. Uh, and one of them was like The Incredible Hulk. So we had the Ed Norton version, and we never yeah. had the next one going on because Mark Ruffalo basically took over. And I was like, we don't really need. Like, I know yeah. that they'll probably never do it. They should. I don't think Hulk needs a standalone movie. He either needs to team up or just be in the TV show with like She-Hulk. Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with that one as well. So I will, you know, I was, I was, I, I was sort of on board with that with the first two Hulk movies, but Mark Ruffalo has done such a good job as Banner and 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 the conflict that I think it would be interesting. I think they really just. Either they didn't have the right writers or they didn't have the right... Even Edward Norton, I just feel like, wasn't the right guy to be Bruce Banner. Mark Ruffalo, he combines the angst, but also makes you believe he's that smart. He also has warmth. Uh, he was he was just the perfect choice for Banner, and I would watch a movie with him in it. Wow! All right, wow, yeah. right then. Okay, yeah, so I mean, then you but, do disagree. But prior to that, yeah, <laughs> prior to that, Vicky, I would I hundred percent with you. I don't need to see another Edward Norton movie or a, a Eric Bynum movie. I, 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 yeah. Definitely not a reboot by any means. <laughs> no, and yeah. please, 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 never any Hulk poodles ever again. No, more and uh, if you haven't seen Disney Plus, has put out all their one shots on mm-hmm. Disney Plus now, so you can watch them all in a row. Oh, and uh, they sort of retconned a Disney Plus. Uh, uh, with one with one shot, so that you don't have to watch the Incredible Hulk movie. But there was a tie-in, which I totally forgot that they actually. It was one of the first tie-ins ever, saying, "Hey, here comes another movie." Oh, and, wow! And it, and it was in the Incredible Hulk. But the one shot fixes it up, and there's some beautiful one shots with Coulson, which I never saw. Mm. So I've been binge watching all of them. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and one that led up to Peggy Carter's series, which I thought was really. So if you haven't seen the one shots, if you never got a chance to watch them wherever they were originally, you can watch them all now on Disney Plus. Seems like a better uh, choice than some of these movies. Is there anything else going on with this that might be worthwhile? There is one. So you guys remember all the shenanigans around this time last year with the whole GameStop. 
situation. Oh, yeah. Tell me all, all, all the money's trying to be made. Well, apparently there is a documentary about this now. It's called GameStop Rise of the Players. <laughs> Rise. Rise, <laughs> I tell looks, you. It sounds pretty epic, actually. I mean, if you like documentaries, it looks like it's going to be in theaters, like select theaters and stuff. For sure, some around here. Um, I'm not real... Like into the whole stock thing myself. It was, but a, it looks interesting, and that's like one of those interesting parts because they say the rise of the players because it was literally people who were suddenly gaming the system that had only been available for like literally hedge fund, uh, hedge fund companies, and just the fact that people um, were able to kind of realize what they were doing and really stop like short sales and a lot of that interesting stuff. It's it's. Players gaming the system, which I find mm-hmm. super interesting when it comes down to that sort of stuff. Uh, well, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I had an old radio buddy that basically called it legalized gambling. So if you're not into stock stuff, Vicky, mm-hmm. if you've ever been into gambling, it's really mm-hmm. it, that's what it is. It's legalized gambling. Then, but people then rig the system. Mm-hmm. Usually, the very very rich people. But like you said, Rev, the little guy turned around and said, "Oh, really?" Well, let's see if we can rig the system. There's a uh, TikToker I follow who made a skit about this where he was playing like an older, you know, waspy woman. It's like, who told the pores how the casinos work? And that <laughs> cracked me up. And that's basically what it is. Like all the common man went in and learned how to game yeah. the legal and, casinos. Yeah, and took down a hedge fund <laughs> company eventually about it. Well, That's gamers, insane. man, let me tell you about gamers. Uh, you know, even though the, a lot of a lot of gamers and geeky people don't have a ton of cash maybe in some cases, they know how to game. And I remember a lot of people on the World Poker Tour were lamenting the young players like Joey D's coming in <laughs> all and, in. and all using in. math. All in. All yeah, they in. would just use math <laughs> in order to game. So all of a sudden these older players couldn't they couldn't use their ways, which was bluffing and intimidation because you couldn't bluff Joey D out of a pot. Joey D's out of a pot if he was playing the math odds. He was just like, "No, you know what? Even if you win it doesn't matter. I'm going to continue this strategy all the time because I will win more than lose." And that pissed off a lot of the old WPT players. Mm-hmm. So do not mess with geeks, no matter what their income is, because they'll game a system. All right, then. Well, I mean, there's a documentary to watch, or like uh, even BJ said, uh, hit up the Disney Plus and get caught up with all the uh, all the, the Marvel stuff. And it looks like the movie Butter, if you're interested, is on Hulu. Oh, nice. Oh, that's, well, if it's a free movie, I'm in. I mean, free because I have Hulu or yeah, something. I mean, Hulu. you have, yeah, a version of Hulu. <laughs> It's all kinds of shenanigans. If you guys do watch it, please let me know what you think. I'm interested now. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.